Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your hostess, Tatiana Berenday, and today I am really, really glad to have with me my dear friend, sister, cohort in business, the founder of Superpower Experts, Tonya Don Reckla. We are going to be discussing a very juicy and interesting topic, how our consciousness impacts our sex life. If you want to hear all about Tonya's impressive whatnot and her superpowers, you can actually go to our first interview that we did together titled Sex, Love, and Superpowers, um, and you can hear more about her journey there. But because she is a returning guest, I just want to welcome you back to the show, Tonya, and I love you, and thank you for being here with us today. Oh, you're quite welcome. I'm super excited to be here and always happy to talk about sex. And of course, <laughs> love, love, love any, uh, any excuse I have to connect with you further. Yeah, likewise. So um, when I was thinking, you know, Tony and I talk a lot and we talk about a lot of many different things. And she and I were, were talking the other day about, about this platform, about this show and really like what it's, what it's for and what it's here to serve. And, um, and so I wanted to start off because there was something that, that came out of your mouth when we were talking um, a few days ago that just really, it was like, <laughs> Should we bored people that a lot right. comes out of my mouth? I know a lot of a lot of really good stuff comes out of your mouth. But it was this it was this it was this phrase that I I feel like summed up so beautifully why um why this show exists, why I'm doing this work, um, and why it's through the lens of sex. Um, even though the work is so much bigger than than sex. And, and you said something about how if you have this like vacuous hole in your soul, filling it with more sex is not going to help. Um, and so I wanted to kind of use that um, as just a little bit of a, a guide for this conversation. And I wanted to hear you just talk a little bit more about that. I know that we're not present in that conversation right now, but um, but I know there's a lot to say on that. Mm, beautiful. Uh, and uh, that is, that is a really brilliant thing that came out of my mouth. If I say so myself, <laughs> I agree. That's why I wanted to use it as a starting off. That's so funny. Like as I'm in witness to like the very, very clear reality that I don't know anything and I'm pretty much just a puppet to some sort of messaging that happens. It's like, Okay, so so I, I can really laugh about that, but it is brilliant in the sense that the, um, you know, so much of what what drives most typical human behavior is is some aspect, something, some influence that that we're not consciously aware of, um, some cleverly disguised version of fear, right? And and fear, we could use fear, we could use sin, we could use all kinds of words, but ultimately it, it really is something's not whole, right? Something's broken, something, something's not, just not, right? The, it's, like, it's like maybe if we broke it down to the basis of ways of describing it, it's like you've got I am and then you've got not, like it's just this yeah. thing that, that is there and it's, it, it, it's not experienced because it is something, it's, it, it, it's experienced in the absence of something. And that's what drives us, right? Whether it's 
whether it's success, whether it's, um, you know, the, the happy marriage, whether it's the brilliant children, whether it's the, um, likes on Facebook, whether it's, it's the number of orgasms or, or appreciation I can get for when somebody has an orgasm in my presence. Um, what, whatever the, whatever it is, it's, it, it's a very, very, very shallow substitute for what we're truly seeking. And, and I get it. Like a lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff because it, at, at the base of it, it's the most simplistic kind of description of, of how we're designed and what, what we're here to do and, and, and why we chose to be here. And, and it's, it's also really, truly like boring, you know, it's like, it's not the sexy stuff. <laughs> it's not the sexy stuff. It's like, well, but I am I'm here to to teach people the meaning of life and God gifted me with this modality and I'm here to do it and I I'm an intuitive or I'm a psychic or 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 I'm the quarterback of the football team or I'm the best mom ever, you know. I've got this soccer mom thing down. What whatever the 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 title, the entrapment is that we want to put on ourselves, it's all feeding this desire to just feel that kind of wholeness, that connectedness, that, um, and, and nothing satisfies that, right? I call it checking the boxes, right? I, I had to check so many boxes in my life before I, I was not going to be satisfied with my deep seated suspicion that perhaps what I was really seeking was something I didn't want to give voice to. I, I, I couldn't be satisfied in that until I had checked all those boxes. Now, not, not everyone has to be as pig headed or stubborn as I am, but the, you know, it was, it was academics, it was careers, like I had careers in just about every field, like, like a lot of living in a very, very, very short amount of time. And none of it satisfied. And, and I remember the moment I was sitting, I thought I was always looking for like the perfect job, right. And I remember the moment I was sitting here, I am a spy, you know, working in this arena. And it's like this job that's like most people don't even know exist. And I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't happy. I didn't feel whole and complete. And so I finally had to check, like, get the perfect job off my list and go, I guess it's not that, right? And then, of course, I got married and I had a kid and, blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 right? That's what we're doing, right? Is we're, we're looking for that fulfillment when it's in us. And unfortunately, when we use sex, it can easily be um, confused for that feeling of wholeness and completeness because of the orgasm because of, because of how our energy entwines, because of what happens internally for us and in connection with others, it feels really close to what it is that we're looking for. Right. It can, but even that, I think, you know, this is something I've, I've talked about a lot before and, and that I discuss with clients that there's this, it's like there's supposed to be an end point. You know, I feel like a lot of what you're talking about, it's like, oh yeah, there's this goal. And when I get there, then I will be happy, right? And, but, it, but even that, you can apply it to sex, right? It's like the goal is orgasm. And when I get to orgasm, then I will be happy. But if you're not exploring along the way there, you get there and then it's like, oh, well, okay, that, even that wasn't as, you know, then it's over. And then, and then what? Yeah, the conversation really goes both directions, if you think about it. So it's the idea that we're seeking wholeness and consciousness and everything else. And so we use sex as a, as a pale substitute for that. But vice versa is true as well, which is when we're engaging in sex without feeling a wholeness, or at least, you know, being in an identity with it and, and having, having felt it and, and, and kind of wanting to realize that or moving toward it, um, then sex is a pale substitute for you know, sex at the, in the, in these higher frequencies. 
And so the conversation really does travel both directions. They feed on each other in both frequencies, right? In, in the lower frequency of just completely dissatisfying and in the highest frequency, which is like satisfaction beyond what most people can comprehend. Right, right. Beyond what you can really, I think, even put into words because there is a, there is a connection that sex can actually absolutely be a vehicle for um, and which is what I encourage it being a vehicle for, but it's, you're right. It's like, it can't, you can't put the cart before the horse, you know? Well, I think, I think some people's practice is to put the cart before the horse. Mine sure was. So it was like, I, again, I'm, I'm not going to take anybody's word about it. Truthfully. I, I'm just not like, like, and I suffered some things along the way, probably engaged in some things that I really didn't have to, like, I probably could have saved myself a lot of heartache if I wasn't so stubborn. But for me, it's like, I want the empirical evidence. Like I want to know. So I can say definitively, like no rock has been left unturned. You know, I, 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 so, so my practice is kind of putting the cart before the horse. I don't necessarily advocate for that. I think it's kind of stubborn and and ill-advised, but you can do it that way. And for some of us, like we're just going to go through it in that, in that process, but not discrediting what you just said in the sense that it, but why? Like it's kind of illogical, you know, you don't have to do that when, when in essence, what it is that we, we are seeking. And I like that you named the fact that, that we do hold this belief that there's this end point, whether it be death or um, transcendence or just the, the, oh, you've arrived. Like uh, you have, you know, 1.5 kids or whatever the number is now and whatever the, whatever the check boxes are for you, um, that, that there's that component there too. The, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's that some people are more drawn to being like in the practice of kind of, kind of developing their philosophies versus others who, who really do operate a little bit more purely in faith and are like, no, I'm, I'm pretty clear on, on how this feels and that that's not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, n- people never cease to amaze me with how they find creative ways to go through this journey. That's not really a journey at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we're yeah. very funny <laughs> we are i agree um so we do have to go to a quick break um to our listeners if you want to find out more about tonya i'm just going to tell them for you It'll be <laughs> um, you can go to you can go to superpowerexperts.com and everything tonya is there you can find her on social media tonya don Rekla. she's awesome if you have mm. not yet um hopped into the superpowers our real group on Facebook. She and I do a Facebook live there every Wednesday. So you can get more and more and more Tonya there. Um, <laughs> we're going to go to a quick break. We're talking with Tonya Don Rekla about how our consciousness impacts our sex life. So stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, we're back. So I am just curious. I'm a very curious person, which is why I like doing this show. Um, 
without, you know, of course, giving as many details as you're comfortable with giving, what would you like, how can you trace in your own journey, your evolution of your own consciousness and how it it impacted your sex life and your experience Mm. with that? It's so, it's a great question because so much of the journey, I wasn't consciously aware of, of exactly what was happening. Like in retrospect, obviously it's like, Oh, that makes so much sense. And, and a lot of people, you know, anyway, that that was going to be a different trajectory. The, and so in retrospect, that, that piece of it makes sense in, I do though recall being in enough awareness during the part of it, it was almost like, um, I've always lived this kind of out of body experience of, and, and that's, that's informs a lot of the work that I help people with is maintaining that observer role. I, for whatever reason, that was just part of my makeup this lifetime that was to have that pretty solid. And so even when the persona, the human aspect of who I am wasn't getting it and was, was very like definitely operating in, in kind of the baser reality, like I'm not going to pretty it up and say, Oh, no, I always knew what I was doing. It's like, I still like, yes, I always knew what I was doing. And I was always fumbling about at the exact same time. And I'm very clear that that happens for us. And, um, and so it led me down this really interesting trajectory, but I remember always having this sense of awareness that it was um, kind of predestined, not, not that I was a victim to it or I couldn't, I couldn't not do it, but it, was, it just felt very like matter of fact. And so everything, I mean, in, in my first book, you know, writing about being raped at 16, being raped as an agent, even saying that is like, it, it, it never fell into the category of um, like sexual encounters in the way that I expect people typically feel as they describe those things. It was more almost research. It was like, what is it that I was always fascinated with why people do certain things? So, mm-hmm. so what, what is it about? And so it was always kind of my own research. And I learned early on that I could use my body to gather research, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember very clearly um, in, in some of my more immature sexual encounters thinking like, oh, well, that's interesting. I wonder why he did that. Oh, well, that's fascinating. Why would, why would he put his hand there? Who taught him that that was a good idea? Like, <laughs> but, 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 I wonder if he's aware that his left toe is twitching. Like, I, I mean, it was just this total state of awareness. And while my body was doing what my body was doing, I wasn't in it, present to it. And early on, I kind of took on a story that it was trauma and I moved out of my body and all these other things. For sure, there were components of that. But the bigger truth for me is I've just always been able to observe these things, even when I'm making really kind of silly choices. Um, so, so that awareness of and curiosity around human behavior was always present in sex. And and so the challenge became then when Justin and I came into beingness together, the ability to then open up that dialogue to include connecting Mm -hmm. while all that was going on. And so I spent a lot of time like thinking I had to now be something different, right? This is, this is, this is, oh, Tonya's healing all of her wounds. And now she has to show up differently. Like this is how sex should happen. Um, if you you were normal, can you say more about that? Like what, what was the difference that you felt like you were supposed to be exhibiting? Justin has always emulated for me or modeled for me, um, giving me the opportunity to emulate just this like interesting emotional kind of connectivity that isn't part of my inherent design and isn't something that was a part of my programming. Um, Mm -hmm. And so 
he carries the ability to connect in really cool and genuine and juicy, like energetic ways. Um, and early on it was like, does not compute, you know, like what, <laughs> like, uh, like I remember him, him, you know, proposing and he's honestly, he's crying and I'm looking at him like, dude, you know, this is going to happen. Like, why are you crying? Like, of course we're <laughs> going to get married. Like, I just don't understand, you know? <laughs> and, and so, you know, one of two things had to be reconciled there. Either I'm totally out of touch and, and broken and, and he's this magnificent representation of how human should be or, or vice versa, or wait a second, maybe there's more than one way to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so sex was no different in the sense that it, for me, having gone through kind of this research process and the, what is this and what is that? And why do bodies do this? And why do people choose this? And, and treating it much more like my own personal laboratory um, to then allow it to evolve into something that was a connection, right? Was an extension of the connection, was the foundation of the connection, was, was all encompassing of that. That was, um, I wasn't, I wasn't resistant to it. It, it just wasn't normal for me. And, And here was this person that I really wanted to kind of change that dialogue for, um, and the assumption I made in the beginning was I was doing, I had been doing it wrong mm-hmm. and now this was the right way to do it. Well, you know, there's, there's always half truths and part truths and all of that, but, but it wasn't true that what I had been doing was somehow broken and wrong. It was, um, how do I take all of that and now evolve it into even something bigger? Um, and that helped tremendously. And I, and I think that we have so many wounds between us, um, regardless of genders, just between us as people about right and wrong ways to connect because we're so yeah. incredibly vulnerable in the sex act that, you know, you're not, you're not hiding stuff there. Um, so, so, so that's kind of what I meant by when, when the consciousness component kind of got added into it, and then I'm going to include the emotional connection kind of energy stuff also in there. Um, it, it was a, it was a challenging dialogue early on internally for me and, and Justin and I talk about everything. So we talked about that also, but the, but I always knew and trusted in the, the gift the ROI of persevering through that conversation and, and that growth. It wasn't, you just can't talk about it. Like it was like, I had to actually be willing to start opening up in places that um, I didn't even know were closed, mm-hmm. you know? So, so connecting um, and, and he made it easy because we connect in so many ways. Like we have a very intimate existence together in all things. So it was a natural outcropping and outflowing into, into sex Um, but I still had to work at it because there, you know, there's like, we have practices, right? We have things that we do that if you're not willing to change behaviors, it can't really evolve. And and so I did have to work at that piece of it. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, I'm, I'm always curious. I think of it, if there's a, a lot of value and again, like without asking you to give like explicit details that aren't comfortable for you, I think that, you know, we can, we can sort of talk in generalities and there's, there's like specific moments um, and, and stories that I feel like when we share them, we can really, they can serve 
others. And so I'm, I'm wondering if there is like a specific moment that you can pinpoint where there was something that you either consciously shifted or you noticed like a direct, a direct result of changing one thing and having it lead to an ability to con to connect with your sexuality in a completely different way. Mm, that's a great question. I think I want to answer that both in a, in a broad sense, but also in a really specific sense um, for, for what my experience was. And I think kind of looking at the, the, the dialogue of, and we're, we can kind of be a little bit rudimentary and make it men and women, but the, but the standing kind of idea and collective consciousness that um, men want sex more than, than women want, or they, there's always something more that they want from women. Um, and then it's a kind of our job to not really give that to them. Right. It's this, like, this like, we may really want it, but we can't let on because we have to yeah, make the them come after us. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it's like, I mean, and we wonder why we have a rape culture. Like it's kind of, you know, kind of built in there, but, um, but I was as much, you know, brought up in that, not, not brought up like my parents did in both a rape culture, but you know, like the, the, the programming and the, right. the understanding of sex and what it meant and everything else. Um, and, and so to that end, what I, what I noticed, and so, so this is good because this can help us also address it from a pretty kind of woo woo out there space. Also, I had, and I wrote about it in the book I had, and I talked about Neva, talked to Neva about it from, from the time that she was willing, you know, interested in even hearing about it, about the idea of, I was really, really clear that in both rape situations, I didn't do anything. That was, that was the story. I, I didn't like, I, I kind of like acquiesced, right. I, it was fight, flight or freeze. And I froze. Mm -hmm. Right. And I own that in the book. I own it. Like I got it. Like there are a million and one things I could have done to both prevent the situation and changed it in the moment and even altered my understanding of it after. And I didn't nothing right. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. One, I was 16 and young. The other is national security and blah, 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 blah. I could come up with excuses all day long. But my story was so clear to me that I was atoning for the fact that I did nothing. Um, Neva and I shared a really beautiful moment not, not very long ago, maybe a year, year and a half ago now. And um, she's just her and I, and it was kind of like stream of consciousness. And uh, she'd asked me a question and it was like, she's always fascinated with my story. Like the other day, she wanted to know all the army stories, right? So it's like just the stories. And she's super phenomenal listening to the stories and really being them in there with you. And um, so I was explaining to her, she, she was asking about the first rape scenario and kind of what I did and what I did. And I was like, and so I was, I was recalling it mm -hmm. and it was different. And I was like, and I'm telling the story. And it was like, all of a sudden these memories were coming from somewhere. And I was like, dude, am I just like making shit up? Like what's happening here? Like, this isn't the story I've been telling. Like what? oh my God, was I lying then? Or am I lying now? And it's like, you know, me and my self-responsibility, right? Like, like mm -hmm. have to be an in integrity. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here. She, and she was so gentle and so beautiful and just like holding that space. And, and I'm telling the story and it's kind of coming out new details are coming forward. And the, and, and, and the, the absolute, like what had happened which was, and I remembered it. I remember having had a very lengthy conversation with this gentleman beforehand. I'm like, I'm not interested in sex. This is what I'm interested in. Blah 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 blah. blah right. Mm -hmm. And um, in the it was in the middle of the act itself that he penetrated me, and I was appalled. And I remember, like, I was angry. I was like, 
what is this? Right. I said, no, you know, mm-hmm. in my mind, the story I'd been telling was I just kind of laid there and took it. I was like, oh my God, what's happening and all this other stuff. And, and I couldn't really call it rape because it wasn't violent and I probably could have stopped it. You know, it was all this confusion around that, but I'm like, that's not what happened. I pushed him off of me. Mm. Not only did I push him off of me, but I finished him off with my hand. I took the ejaculate and slammed it on his stomach and rubbed it around. I was pissed. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling this to Neva and I'm checking in going, dude, oh my God, that happened. And she's like, mommy, she goes, you told him no. And I said, yeah. And she goes, you did do something. Mm. Oh my God. I mean, I was in tears. Like, and that, like, despite all the rest of those details, like that was the piece that she really pinged on. Like, even from jump, you did something. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it was like my whole life unraveled in front of my eyes because she gave me this gift of asking this question and holding that space with me so I could relive it. And I don't know where the hell the rest of that stuff came from, but it, that was the story. That was a story for 16 years. Mm. No. Mm. Almost, almost 20, 20, 25 years. And it was in that moment that I was like, and, and, and I know that it had to do with the space Justin held for me and the connection and working through intimacy with him and opening my heart. Like I'm phenomenal at sex. I was phenomenal at being single. I was phenomenal at entertaining people sexually. Like that was not mm-hmm. something that I'm a slouch in. What, what I wasn't phenomenal in was connecting to myself, to the divine, to, to him, you know, and, and it was, and it was in that work that just opened up spaces for me that this, this poor young person inside of me who was extremely powerful, extremely knowledgeable. And people keep telling me I was this person and I didn't believe them. Mm-hmm. I had proof that I wasn't. Right. I had proof that I was a victim and it was like, Oh my gosh, like, what have I been living? What have I been telling? You why, know? why do you think that victim story was the one that was so at the forefront when, when you could go back and you could, you could relive and you could remember details and see that you actually did make a more empowered choice. Why do you think it was the victim story that that was the one that was so front and center for all those years? Well, I don't know. I mean, you, you're probably a much better person to reflect that for me, because mm-hmm. as you can tell, like there are serious moments in our existence, we're just not good source of information for ourselves. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing as a pattern, of course, you can, we can't disentangle ourselves. So my pattern is going to be the pattern that I see. But what I'm seeing in that is the biggest work that we're here to do is almost always founded in us seeing the result of not doing that work. And so by living that, I got to see one, just what a lie it is and can speak with authority from that place because I, I was there. And so while I don't want anybody to take that as, oh my gosh, I'm so lofty and I volunteer, like I'm not Jesus crucifying myself on the Christ, Christ but we all kind of go through that to a degree because we know how important it is that we have those really solid foundations and remember what it means to be on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a real, I mean, this is like, 
it, it brought tears to my eyes when you were just sharing the story and, and what Neva reflected to you. Um, and, and this is, it's such a hot topic right now, you know, in, in our culture with, with the Me Too movement, with, with everything, um, you know, this conversation around, around sexual assault is real. There's, there are some real, what I think we could can call violations that occur. And yet you and I have also talked at length about, about being able to, without shaming ourselves or blaming ourselves or going into a, like a, a self berating experience, being able to reflect on our lives and, and own and sort of trace back like, this led to this, led to this, led to this. And this is where I could have made a different choice. Or I, I can see that where I was vibrating um, drew a certain experience to me. I mean, it's like, that is, is such a touchy subject because we don't want to go around, you know, blaming rape victims, right? That's like the last thing that I want to do in this conversation. And yet there is, I know, for me anyway, there was a huge um, empowerment that came from being able to trace those, um, trace back to those places and see where I could have made a different choice and it would have ended up in a different, with a different result. Like that was a very empowering yeah. process for me. I, th I think that it goes back to what you talk about all the time, which is the idea that, that it's both and. Right. right. And so we don't like contradiction. We don't like um, discomfort. We don't like to sit in anything that might be a little bit ambiguous. And so we want to know, is it always the woman's fault or is it always the man's fault? Is mm -hmm. it always the victim's fault? Is it always the victimizer's fault? Is, and, and it's like, yes and no, like yes and yes and no and no. And, mm -hmm. and there are layers to this dialogue that I always, 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 always start with self. Because here's the deal, like nobody has to treat you a particular way. Nobody has to respect you. Nobody has to honor your body. People can do whatever the hell they want to do to you. That's just the God's honest truth about the, the, the amount of control you have over somebody's, somebody's free will, right? Mm -hmm. I started that place because it's like, okay, that's depressing. And how do I operate within that space? Like, let's say that's true. And people can do whatever the hell they want to do to me. How do I want to live in that? Like, what, what are my options, right? Well, I can be a victim and I can really hate it. And I can reel against it all the time. That sounds like a miserable freaking existence. Or I can take some ownership and say, okay, so I get that I can't control other people's behavior. Is there a way that I can influence it, right? Can I influence it? Mm -hmm. So I can't make them be a certain way. But certainly it stands to reason that if I'm a particular way, we know that being a particular way results in certain things, right? Because certain people are a certain way and they get this. Other people are a certain way and they get that, right? Yeah, so there's kind effect. of a cause and effect, right? Yeah. So we could look at that and go, okay, so I'm not going to try to control you because that's just crazy and it never works. And, it, and that's part of the problem that creates this stuff. What if instead I look at how am I being and then what am I, what is that reflecting? What am I asking for? Because what people don't understand in the whole manifestation, visualization conversation is that it's not the human persona in you that's, that's necessarily in alignment with that big vision, right? So the highest aspect sees the big vision and that's what you're, you're in all the time as that. 
The challenge is, is that we have energy signatures that are designed to present to us in the projection everything that lies between us and that vision and where we are. Everything. The second we say, ooh, I want that connection, I, I, I feel that, yes, that's wholly innately who I am, that's where I want to reside, you have to work through everything that's not that, right? Because, because it's built up and it's in the way. So I know this seems like a kind of convoluted answer to your question, but the, but if you invoke that kind of process and are like, all right, I, I can't stomp my foot and, and complain and demand that people respect me, like that never works. And it pretty much forces the universe to give you all kinds of opportunity to practice that. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can say, okay, what do I have control over? And I always, always, always have control over what I'm emitting to the right. projection. It starts with like, controlling your thoughts, like don't think icky things, then you won't speak icky things just and then and then your feelings like, like, okay, how am I choosing to feel about this? Am I feeling threatened right now? And then am I operating from a threatened place? Or can I feel can I open that up a bit and feel a little bit more expansive and see other solutions and other possibilities, right? Take some ownership in that. And then and then it's the body stuff, right? Like there's layers and layers of this awareness. And it's all a very internal game, right? You have to continually take ownership and higher degrees of ownership of what you're transmitting. And it's, that's not saying that, Oh, if I got raped, I deserved it. Right. Right. That's a different conversation. It's like, it's a resulting factor of a number of variables. End of story. It is that black and white. What are the variables? That's the question we should be asking, not who's to blame. Right. Because Here's the deal, like people are almost powerless, but to do what it is that you're energetically asking them to do. But most people have no clue what they're energetically emitting. They're like, I didn't ask to be raped. It's like, no, not with words. But energetically, you said this is a huge wound for me, or this is an area that I want to discover, or this is a this is a role I've agreed to play for this person or whatever. Or I'm terrified of this in this moment. Absolutely. Or, you know, this is something I've agreed to participate in for the collective conscious. Like, like we can't disentangle ourselves from the high degree of variability and complexity in all of this. And I know that's not helpful in a conversation, but I do know that if every single person involved takes it back to, okay, what did I do? If I'm honest with myself, just me and God, like, or me and, 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 and the divine, like if I'm, if I'm honest, what's what's my responsibility in here and we can always trace it back to uh there's probably i could have turned left instead of right there right now that doesn't mean that we're to blame right but if you're willing to trace it back then you stand a chance of being able to choose differently the next time exactly and i think that's the piece that for me feels like such a valuable point to get across and and i think it's a point that often gets really drowned out in the conversation because it's like before you can even get there you're a rape supporter or you're like you're blaming the victim and and it's really like i i really want people to hear the importance of of what you just said and and really like i mentioned earlier like the empowerment that comes from that um because because then you have choice moving forward in your life regardless like no we can't go back and we can't change the past although i mean maybe some people would argue that we can because look what happened in that conversation with neva right it's like on a certain level 
the past did get changed and there was a ripple effect backwards. And we talk about time not being linear and that's like a mm-hmm. whole other conversation. But <laughs> no, but I saw it. I, I saw it. Like lest you're listening right now and you're thinking, okay, yeah, that's great. Woo woo conversation. No, I saw it happen. I literally saw the tapestry reweave itself. It was, it was, it was amazing. And so it, it, I truly believe that and I've experienced it in multiple occasions. Um, and it did, does have an impact on the here and now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But let's, let's take this up. To, I, I know I interrupted you um, for okay. emphasis. Are you complete with that point? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, um, the, the, all of this rests on though, my favorite soapbox right now, which is the different, you know, that, 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 that convoluted bullshit mess in the, uh, spiritual growth and personal development kind of entanglement. Mm-hmm. And at the heart of all of this is when you know who you are and you can stand solidly in that, it doesn't mean that you don't do dumb things. Like it doesn't mean that you don't <laughs> make bad ch- choices. But it means that what you do is something different than who you are. Yeah. So, for example, like last night I threw this fit. It was so dis- – it was just the most ridiculous thing ever. And I'm outside, just as you can envision this. I'm in the garage kicking the door because the door is shut. And, of course, that is somebody else's fault but mine. And I've got my <laughs> arms full of stuff. And I'm kicking this door and I'm getting more and more irritated. I'm laughing internally because I'm like – Tonya, set the thing down and open the door. Like, how long are you going to stand out here kicking the door before just opening it? Like, I I didn't even understand why I was getting upset. Like, I really, it was like, I had all this happening at the same time. And so I finally, like, I'm I'm so sad. I'm opening the door. Of course, Justin and Eve and neither one were the wiser for, for whatever reason. They didn't hear it. But then that just makes me more mad, you know? And I, I, and I'm like starting on Eve and she's like, but I didn't know. And I was like, well, and I'm like, okay, wait, just give me a second. She goes, mommy, I'm really, I'm like, I'm like no, you're going to just give me a second. Let me sit in this because I'm acting ludicrously. Like this is just bizarre, beyond bizarre, you know? And, and so I, I just took a moment and I kind of came back to her and I was like, but it felt so like out of control, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm watching it happen. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But never in the midst of that was I like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person. Right oh my gosh, I'm not very enlightened. Like I better take the website down, you know, like I didn't like, (laughs) I'm an imposter. It it was like, I don't, it was like, wow, I'm doing a really stupid thing right now, but say la vie. Like I have no idea where it came from, what I was picking up on, who it served. And I'm sure there was many, many, many components to it. But at the end of the day, she and I can talk about it. We revisited it um, very quickly. We talked about it again this morning because I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I don't want you to have to wonder when mom's going to lose her shit. You know, I'm like, that's not like, it's not very normal, but whatever, you know, it's, and she of course can, can meet me in that space. And, um, but it, but I never was like, I'm a horrible person or I've ruined my daughter. And, you know, it's like, like you just, the, the, the power in knowing who you are and being able to hold to that. And then recognizing all the rest of it is just fine tuning the, the humanness of us. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so do the development work, do the training work, do all that stuff, but not in an effort to find yourself. You already are yourself. Mm-hmm. Be that. And then watch how things unfold. And I think if we can start to really work with people in that level of self dominion, then we'll start to see some of these conversations change pretty dramatically, you know, but because there is a huge difference between be- playing a victim versus finding yourself in a situation where you are the recipient of behaviors and acts and other things that are less than desirable. 
you know, what, what is that to serve for you, for others? And it's not, guess you didn't learn the lesson the first time, you know, like, yep, you got to go back to remedial spiritual growth, you know, school now, like, like, it's not a punishment. It's like, it's all by design. And when we can relax into that level of awareness, like, like imagine your higher self and the higher self of all the people that have done you wrong, sitting around a round table before you all incarnated going, all right, Bob, I'll take a rape this lifetime. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to help you over here when you get to this point. And we're going to, we're going to talk about, um, you know, the, the environment. We're going to work on that one together. You know, it's like, it's like you all are buddies, but we play these roles with each other because, you know, that's, that's what we're working through. We're helping evolve all of those lower frequency aspects of us that really just don't serve us anymore. Yeah. And, and we're doing it collectively. And I think absolutely that's really important to remember too. And you may not be able to look someone in the face and feel gratitude in the moment, but you can certainly elevate out and be in gratitude for the amazing potential of growth that an opportunity serves for you. Um, that you don't have to put on a happy smiley face, feeling broken and torn up inside. And you can still take a step back and say, wow, you know, I, I don't know what all of this is. And I do trust that there's a, a, a bigger message. And, and if I just kind of keep taking steps forward, it will become clear. Yes. Yes. Clarity is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Well, I love you. If the listeners have not already gathered how fabulous Tonya is from this conversation, you probably were not listening. And I you have to go back to remedial spirit school. <laughs> you obviously are not an old soul. You have to go do more <laughs> lifetimes. Um, <laughs> that's the pun punishment, right? Like the, the biggest fear is like, this isn't our last lifetime. Oh my gosh. It's true. It's so true. Uh, so fun. Um, so yeah, thank you for this conversation. It was not what I expected it was going to be, but so is often the case with, uh, with our conversations. It's just kind of why I loved them so much. Um, can I, can I offer a little dangle though, because of the, yeah. the topic of consciousness and sex. And I just want to tell people like, this journey is so incredibly worth it. Your sex life on the other side of this is not like, I can't even give it words and describe it. Like the whole, like I get why they say that man and woman becomes one flesh. Like, like it is you, you want magic. You want woo woo. You want to like actually feel and touch and hold the divine. Like that's the level of sex that we're talking about. It is incredibly worth it. It's amazing, and it, and it and it's that sort of connection to yourself and to the divine and and, and to your partner is um, really there. There literally are no words for it. Just all I can say to you is that it is worth it. And if yeah. you're intrigued by it at all, make sure you connect with Tatiana and, and start talking about what that could look like because it is attainable. And it's not like you don't have to go away in an ashram for ten years and and find it. Like like it, it, it's all done through connection. And um, that really is the key to everything. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It, uh, the best orgasm pales in comparison to that. Mm, beautiful, for sure. Mm-hmm. But well, the best you. orgasm on top of that. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. <laughs> I'll take two, please. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Tonya. Um, to our listeners, 
I hope you have found this conversation to be valuable. Again, you can go into the Superpowers or Real group on Facebook if you want more of this, more of Tonya. You can find her at superpowerexperts.com. Um, yeah, let us let us know your thoughts. Join in on the conversation and uh, and come be a part of our community. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.